This is Christian Book Blurb, brought to you by author and songwriter Matt McClary. Get a behind-the-scenes glimpse into the lives of some of your favourite Christian authors. Hear about their books and faith. Also, why not check out my website, mattmcclary.com. Hi, I'm author Matt McClary. My new book, The Prison Letters, a 40-day devotional for Lent, will take you on a thematic journey through the books of Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians and Philemon. Packed full of personal anecdotes and wisdom, the message Paul conveyed to his readers during his imprisonment is brought to life. The Prison Letters devotional is available now from my website, mattmcclary.com and wherever good books are sold. Get your copy today. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Christian Book Blurb podcast. I'm your host, Matt McClary, and I've got another fantastic Christian author lined up to chat with today about their books, their faith, and their life. This podcast is coming out in December 2022, so I guess I need to say a very Merry Christmas to you all who are listening to this podcast right now. And of course, Christmas is a time of joy and fun and celebration and family. Um, But it's not always the case for everybody, especially those who've actually lost a loved one. Christmas can be quite a difficult season. So this is why I thought it would be a fantastic opportunity to speak to the author, um, Penelope Swithenbank. I have said Swithenbank correctly, haven't I, Penelope? You have, Matt. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me on your show. And Merry Christmas to all your listeners. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Great. I'm glad I got that right. Usually I chat with the author beforehand just to make sure that I'm going to say their name correctly. So I forgot to do that today. (laughs) So I'm glad I managed to get that right. Good. Okay. Um, So, Penelope, you have written a book called Scent of water and what is it about so the uh, tagline is words of comfort in times of grief and it's written uh, to be given probably as a gift to somebody who's lost a loved one somebody who's going through those first few weeks months of bereavement so you could give it to yourself or you could give it to a friend Um, It's a mixture of things. So there are some lovely photographs all based around the theme of water, which perhaps we'll come on to in a minute. Uh, So you could just look at the photographs, the beautiful um, pictures. There are daily devotions, um, which you can dip in and out of, very short, very small. There's a section of special occasions. Um, and there are some poems and reflections. So lots of things to dip in and out of. You mentioned Christmas, it's December, and there is a section for special days, one of which is Christmas and another of which is New Year, because they are sometimes difficult when you've just lost a loved one during the preceding months or year. Hmm. Hmm. And it's, a, it's an intriguing title, Scent of Water. Um, where, where did that come from and why did you call the book that? It's a very good question. And people do say, what on earth is that? Where did that come from? And are then quite surprised to discover it comes from the Bible. It's in the Old Testament in the book of Job. Let me read it for you. There is hope for a tree when it is cut down. 
merely a scent of water will make it sprout. And I think for many of us, when we lose a loved one, we feel as if our life's been cut down. Uh, my hope and prayer is that um, this little book will be like a scent of water to give people hope again after bereavement. Mm. And I know for some it might be strange us talking about bereavement and grief um, during a, a joyous time like Christmas. Um, but but I know that, that it can quite deeply affect people, especially at happy occasions and especially yes. at family gathering times like Christmas. The whole um, loss is almost relived in a way. Um, what, what, what thoughts have you got about that? Yes, I mean, my Christmas um, devotional starts off by saying Christmas won't be the same without them, ever, or so it seems right now. There's an emptiness around the table as we sing the carols, by the tree, opening presents. And I think it's important to recognise that it won't ever be the same again, and we're learning to live in a new reality. But Christmas is all about Emmanuel, God with us. And we know that Jesus walks with us in and through this. And learning to accept his love and his peace and his presence with us uh, is an important part of the grief process. Yes, we do miss them. And uh, was it the late Queen Elizabeth who said that grief is the price we pay for love? And if we've loved them, we're going to miss them. And it's learning to live in that new reality. But remembering Emmanuel, God with mm. us. That's really helpful. Um, why, why do you think it's important for us to actually deal with our grief, to sort of, sort of confront it or, or wrestle with it, or even to like acknowledge that it's there? Because I know for some people, um, isn't it easier just to pretend that it doesn't exist? that I'm okay, you know, everything's fine. Um, isn't that easier? Why, why, why go through the pain of, of sort of embracing grief um, when one could just try and sort of stick it in the back of one's mind or lock it up somewhere and pretend it's not there? Why, why deal with it? Mm. And I think our culture um, increases that thought of not dealing with it and pushing it down too. And you think years ago, um, people would wear black, they would wear mourning clothes for two years. Um, and even when I was a child, I can remember uh, people wearing black armbands to show that they had lost somebody and they were grieving. Now we're allowed to grieve until the funeral and then it's almost as if people say, well, that's done now, you know, get on with life. And so I don't think our culture allows us to grieve properly either. And sometimes we don't allow ourselves to grieve. But we do know that if we push emotions down and don't deal with them and don't admit to them, they can surface later, maybe years later, but at some point in the future, and perhaps be even worse. And I do think that learning to grieve um, and to grieve positively, not negatively, there is a difference, is part of our journey, part of our Christian journey, and it's part of learning to receive from the Lord and then to be able to mourn with others when they mourn, which is what Scripture tells us to do. Rejoice with those who rejoice. 
and grieve with those who grieve. And if you haven't uh, learned how to grieve well, it's difficult to help others to grieve well. So, so let's pick up on that then. What, what, how can you grieve positively? How can you <laughs> grieve well? What does that mean? It's very easy to say and much more difficult to do. Uh, my own grief came when I had uh, witnessed uh, my mother being run over by an out-of-control car. She was 90 years old, uh, long story, but she and I were I was just standing by her car and an out-of-control car knocked into us, swept her away, and I saw her crushed. And that caused um, post-traumatic stress. And I, was, had, I had two years of deep depression. And learning through that how to grieve well was not easy. I don't want to pretend it was easy. It wasn't easy. It was really hard. But there were various things that did help. I mean, obviously, I had counselling. I was fortunate that um, the insurance company paid for me to have good counselling. And that did help. I found a Christian counsellor. And she was an enormous help to me to talk through how I was feeling, but also to talk through how the Lord was walking through those deep waters with me. I also had wonderful friends. It's one of the things in the book, there's a section, um, just a page, called The Fellowship of the Mat. Do you remember those four friends who carried their um, uh, lame friend to Jesus? And they took him up onto the roof and lowered him down to the feet of Jesus. And I think we all need the fellowship of the mat, whether we're going through bereavement or for other things in life. We need friends who will carry us to the feet of Jesus. And I had friends who did that with and for me, who came and sat with me. They didn't need to say anything, thank you. Um, but, but they just sat with me. They passed the tissues. They made me coffee. Um, they persuaded me to eat because I couldn't eat for quite a while. Um, friends who would carry your mat and carry you to Jesus is really helpful and then just hanging on to one or two words in scripture couldn't cope with more but just clinging on to one or two things that i could keep saying mm, that's really and helpful well different things help different people as well if those particular things don't help you when you're grieving there will be other things that help you but i think knowing god as emmanuel with us is important for all of us but other mm. things will help as well. Mm. As you mentioned a bit earlier on, um, sort of the grieving process and sort of in the old days, people would wear mourning clothes for like two years and this kind of thing. Um, and how today we kind of just sort of, well, oh, well, the funeral's happened, you know, get over it, get on with life. Um, but does anyone ever get over their grief? Can, can one truly heal or, or is, it, is it a case of learning to live with the loss and the pain um, going forward? How, how does it kind of work or how does it work for you? Well, again, there's a page here called Learning to Live Without. And I think that is something we have to do. It's not getting over it and it's not forgetting the person. It's learning how to live in this new normal, uh, how to... Um, Remember with thanks the good times, to remember with thanks the love that was shared. And also to remember, and this is one of the things I really love that I learned so much and quite often repeat, Jesus promised that when we die, we go to be with him. He also promised that he is with us always. So if they're with him and he is with us, our loved ones are not so very far away. 
we are together in him. And I have found that very helpful to think of my mother and, of course, my father, my grandmother, very, very much loved members of my family who are with the Lord, but the Lord is with me and we are together in him. And I found that very helpful in learning to live without them. Mm. So, so let's, your theme, scent of, uh, scent of water, um, you mentioned there's lots of images of water um, and things in the book. And what, what's the water theme all about? Well, that just came from that verse, the scent of water. And, and the picture of a tree that's cut down, and then if it has just the merest hint of water, it can begin to sprout again. And we've probably all seen trees that we thought were dead lying on the ground, and suddenly this little green shoot comes up uh, at right angles to the horizontal tree, and the little bit of rain or the little bit of moisture has caused it to sprout again. So it was just simply taking that verse, the scent of water, and, okay. and that's where the water theme And of course, of course, Jesus says he's, he's our living water. And as yes. you're saying, God with us, Emmanuel, yes. in, in, our, in our grief, in our, our trouble, um, that, you know, we can find the, the, this living water that can yes. help to sustain us and carry us and indeed help to birth new life through the valleys um, at the other side as well. Yes. So I, I well, follow you on Facebook and um, I see that you sent a copy of Scent of Water to the royal family recently after the loss of Queen Elizabeth. Um, why did you send it and how was it received? Well, do you know, I had another letter yesterday as well that I've just posted on Facebook this morning. I actually sent copies to, um, obviously, to King Charles, to the Princess Royal, Princess Anne, and to the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge as they were then, they're now the Prince and Princess of Wales. So I sent three copies. Um, just because I wanted to do something, I suppose, to show that we were caring for them in their loss, even as we too were grieving. I think many of us were quite moved by the death of the late Queen. And uh, I just wanted to send them something. I sent a card with a few words and a copy of the book and have been amazed to receive letters back. So I've had one from the Prince and Princess of Wales saying that they really appreciated receiving the book, and now I've just had one from um, the Princess Royal. Of course, they don't write it themselves, I hasten to add. It's a member <laughs> of the staff who's written on their behalf, but it's on headed writing paper. How nice is that? <laughs> um, my husband said if you get too many more, we can paper a whole room with them. <laughs> Um, but it was just wanting to, to give, you know, um, expression, I suppose, to my grief because I'm an Elizabethan. I was born just after she came to the throne and I've always loved um, following the Queen and think she was an amazing woman in many ways. Not perfect, like none of us are, but admired her for what she did. And so just wanted to express that and to say that we were standing with them because they have lost a member of the family, not just the head of state. And uh, obviously, we're grieving very much for her. So, yes, I thought, well, why not? And let's pray for them and uh, pray for this word of God that um, I pray very much will be meaningful to them. I hope they do get it. I don't know whether it just sits in an office somewhere or whether it's actually given to them, but the letter seems to imply they've seen it. So we just pray on, don't we? Pray for our royal family. Mm. 
Well, thanks, Penelope. And we're going to be coming back in just a moment to continue our discussion with the author, Penelope Swithinbank. So do join us just after these messages. Hi, I'm author Matt McClary. My new book, The Prison Letters, a 40-day devotional for Lent, will take you on a thematic journey through the books of Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians and Philemon. Packed full of personal anecdotes and wisdom, the message Paul conveyed to his readers during his imprisonment is brought to life. The Prison Letters devotional is available now from my website, mattmcclary.com and wherever good books are sold. Get your copy today. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, you can help keep it on the web. All you've got to do is buy me a coffee. Head over to buymeacoffee.com slash mattmcclary to make a donation. There is a link in this episode's show notes. So go on, buy me a coffee today and help this podcast to keep supporting Christian books and authors. And we're back. It's Christmas time and we are chatting with the author Penelope Swithenbank um, all about her books, her life and her faith. Just before the break, we were chatting about her book called Scent of Water, which is about grief and grieving and how at Christmas time this can be really useful and helpful for some people, especially if we've lost a loved one. Now, Penelope, I know that this isn't the only book that you've written. I know you've written some other books as well. What can you tell us about those? Well, you're very kind, Matt. Thank you. I have to be honest and say I don't think of myself as an author. I'm really um, a clergy person. Um, you know, I've been a rector, I've been a chaplain, um, and that's how I think of myself, I suppose, in many ways, if you're thinking of what do I do. Um, but out of my ministry has come three books, one of which was Scent of Water, um, which we've been talking about. The previous one was called Walking Back to Happiness, and it's the story of my husband, who's also ordained, and myself, backpacking across France from the Mediterranean to the Atlantic just a few years ago in order to try to rebuild a broken marriage. So it's a story of blisters and ice cream and coffee and France, but it's also a story of God breaking in and bringing reconciliation and restoration and healing. So praying that that would help people too, um, who may be interested in long distance walking or maybe struggling in their marriage or anyway, just or Francophiles, if you like France. <laughs> and then the first one was written quite some time ago and came out of um, some Bible studies I was leading with a group of women. And it's called Women by Design and talking a little bit about what it means to be a woman in the 21st century, looking at women in the Bible, looking at Christian women throughout history, picking up various uh, famous or not so famous Christian heroines of the faith, and then um, thinking about how that applies to our lives today. Mm. Oh, really good. Now, one of the things we like to do here on Christian Book Blurb is to get to know our authors um, a little bit better. Um, so we, we've talked lots about your books, um, but let's let's sort of have a little peek behind the dust jacket of the cover, as it were, and um, just sort of find out a bit more about you as, as a person. 
Um, is well, you, you've already said writing is sort of a happy accident that's come out of uh, what you actually do, being yes. being um, an ordained um, member of the clergy. Um, so, are you still clergying? Is that a thing? Is that a word? Uh, it's that's a good word, isn't it? <laughs> um, only in a voluntary capacity. Uh, so I am officially retired. Uh, but one day a week, I go into Bath Abbey as part of the chaplaincy team there. So Monday is my chaplaincy day and spend a wonderful time in Bath Abbey, which is the most amazing building because it's full of tourists during the week and visitors and local people who pop in to pray. We do prayers on the hour every hour and then spend the rest of the time wandering around talking to lovely people. And it's amazing what people will open up about and whom one is able to pray for in that situation. And then I still lead pilgrimages and retreats. I uh, love doing that and still speak at things like women's breakfasts. And sometimes I'm asked to take services and preach at churches where perhaps they haven't got a, a pastor or a rector for the time being. So still doing little odds and ends. So I think I'm busier, actually, than I used to be. In a <laughs> and what do you do for fun? Do you, do you, do you have any hobbies or favourite pastimes? Oh, well, I do lots of things. But the thing I most enjoy doing, which really, for me, is fun, um, which is revitalising, gives me life and strength, is long-distance hiking. So last year I hiked from Winchester to Canterbury by myself. Um, took two weeks and next year uh, it's rather a big decade coming up next year and I'm planning to do another long distance hike solo this time going to various cathedrals abbeys and minsters so I'm going to from Coventry to Oxford to Reading to Bath to Bristol and on to the Seven. so I think it's about 220 miles it'll take about three weeks next year wow so, wow <laughs> I enjoy walking. that's amazing <laughs> You know, walking, I could do a, a little walk, but a long walk like that, well, that would finish me off, it really would. <laughs> <laughs> um, another question we like to ask is, um, are you working on anything currently? Um, I, I know it's, you, you've said you don't think of yourself as an author, um, but, but have you got sort of a nugget of an idea that could become a book maybe in the future, or maybe you've started working on something? And I blog regularly. Um, I send out a monthly email um, and often do a devotional in it, um, write something that I hope and pray will help people. I also post regularly on my author page on Facebook. And then um, alongside that, I am working on something else, but I'm not sure if it's going to be for general publication yet. I'm working on a memoir. It may just be for the grandchildren. Um, we'll see. But I've also got another couple of little projects that I'm working on. One is a series of little leaflets, booklets, to help people um, in their Bible studies or home groups. So for the one I've just about finished, which I think will be ready for just after Christmas, and um, which will be available on the website, is how to lead a Bible study when you're out of time. So it's called out of time. You haven't had time to prepare, or the person who was going to lead hasn't turned up, and suddenly you've got to lead a Bible study. What do you do if you haven't spent hours preparing? And I've got four or five, five or six, I think, easy ways uh, that you can actually open up Scripture and share together and really dive deeply, even when you haven't prepared. 
And then there will be things like um, how to build community in your home group, uh, how to worship in your home group, ideas for praying in your home group. So it'll be a little series that I hope will be ready next year. That sounds really good. So you've already mentioned your website and your blog and your Facebook. Could you just tell us the addresses of those? You know, how can people find you? What do they type in to, to find um, your resources and, and information about you? And basically my name, which is not the easiest of names. I always said I wish I married a man called Smith and my daughter did. But I don't know whether it was just because I said that. <laughs> so Penelope Swithenbank. So if you type that in and then add .org, Penelope Swithenbank .org, you get to my website. And that then will get you to everywhere else that you want to go. But if you want to go straight to Instagram, it's Penelope Swithenbank. If you want to go straight to Facebook, it's Penelope Swithenbank, author, spiritual counsellor. And that will get you through to my page there. If you're listening to this, um, do go and have a look at Penelope's resources and things because they are really useful for, for faith and for life. So do go and check those out. Well, thank you, Penelope. It's been fantastic chatting with you i do hope that you and your family will have a wonderful christmas thank you matt so much and thank you for having me here it's been a great privilege and uh, it's lovely to chat with you it's been really fun thank you and i hope you have an amazing christmas and i hope that you and our listeners all know the truth of emmanuel god with us this christmas Mm, amen. Thank you, Penelope. And thank you to you, um, our listeners, for tuning in to yet another episode. I do hope that you have a wonderful Christmas time, wherever you may be and whoever you may be with. Don't forget that our podcast happens twice a month. So another one will be coming out really, really soon. So do keep checking back on your favorite podcasting platform for the next episode of the Christian Book Blurb, where we will be speaking with another fantastic Christian author about their faith, their books, and their life. So thank you for listening, and a very Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening to Christian Book Blurb with your host, Matt McClary. Do give it a like, give it a share, and let your friends know all about it. We do hope to see you again soon on another Christian Book Blurb.